again for allowing me to be here this morning. In case I move around. Um, again, I want to thank all of you for, for helping us out where we go. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about that after uh, the lesson today. But um, I want to thank Charles. Thank you for your spot. Appreciate that. It's hard to give it up sometimes, probably, but uh, I appreciate being here and invited to being here from the eldership. Uh, and I asked Jim and Joe, you know, you know, Tim and, and uh, Max and, and you guys, you know, 30 years, Mark, uh, 30 years ago, we were brand new, you know, <laughs> coming in here. And uh, uh, where, where, how did we get here? How did I get right here? You know, I learned to, to speak right here as, as you, um, so it's, it's, a, it's an important place for me to be. I love you all and uh, I appreciate you very much. You're, you've always been in the center of my heart and uh, very helpful and gracious and um, good uh, to the world in, in, in taking the gospel of Christ to the world. So thank you for that right off the bat. <clears throat> But we want to get to our lesson this morning. We don't want to go too long. So let me just begin. Life is like walking down a hospital hallway and there are many doors or chapters in our life. Um, we're opening doors as we go down the hall and one moment or door, uh, we experience great joy, like joy of a newborn baby. I can tell you that that is a joy that you don't forget. Um, and I, I don't know, but uh, Gordon Methvin uh, was an elder here, and he was the first visitor to both my children uh, in the hospital. And, uh, you know, those are memories that, joys that we just don't forget. Um, we open those doors and we, we experience that joy, and it's just wonderful. But there are other times uh, we open those doors and there's no happiness at all. Your doctor might be saying something like, um, you have cancer or there's nothing we can do. And so in this hallway of life, we walk back and forth between joy and sadness. Some days we are un unbelievably happy, and there are others where we can't understand how great our pain really is. Ask anyone, what was, what was your most greatest day? What was your most wonderful day? And they'll tell you, um, we all have them. Um, everyone, you might think of a wedding or a birthday or, or the birth of a child, uh, that perfect summer day, and ask someone for the worst day of their life, and they'll tell you that too, because we've all had them. We all suffer, don't we? We all have those good days and those stormy days, and I know you can relate because we all have them. The rainy days, they say, help us appreciate the good days, but that's not really the issue because it's the bad days that concern us. We open the good door and enjoy, and we have no worries, but the bad doors, well, they're the ones that crush us, that change us. Even though they are a small fraction of the good days, even though we know that they're going to come, they can destroy us, and that's just life. We understand those days will come. So the question is, not if the storm will come, but what will you do when the storm comes? Let me tell you about a storm that changed the lives of 12 men. And it's a familiar story to you. You've heard it before, uh, where Peter, Peter and Jesus meet each other on the water in that storm. 
but I want to bring and stress some points that you might not have thought of. And so we're going to focus our efforts on Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 24. And we'll be there for a while. If you'd like to read along, you can. But um, first, let me bring you up to speed. Uh, John the Baptist had just been beheaded, and the people were very excited about that. They were upset. Uh, they wanted revenge. So Jesus went to the other side of the lake, and remember the people followed him there, and he had compassion on them, and this is where he healed the sick and fed the 5,000. And uh, the people were convinced that Jesus was the Messiah, right? And he, they wanted to make him king, John says. So he puts his disciples in a boat, sends them off into the Sea of Galilee and dismisses the crowd, and then Christ goes off to pray. And now, this is our focus. The apostles, they're alone in the middle of the sea, and here they are. Let me give you a little perspective now, something you might not have thought of, because this is a, a serious situation that they find themselves in. Um, they're alone, they're confused, they're worried about Jesus, their master. Uh, they don't want to be alone, in the Sea of Galilee. Uh, some of them are fishermen and they know exactly what can happen in the Sea of Galilee. It's deep, it's huge. Uh, the way the valley enters onto the lake, storms can pop up like that. And so they're nervous. Um, some of them, like I say, are fishermen and they, they can read the signs. Jim and I, like he said, we go out diving quite a bit. And um, when the weather starts to change, there are signs. You can smell the rain coming, the water changes color, the clouds get dark, you know, things like that. There are telltale signs of, of this. And so they're seeing these things starting to happen. And um, they know this sea is a killer. Uh, something might not smell right. The, the rain is now coming. Uh, the wind, uh, the water is getting rough. Um, so imagine being in that situation and, and remember this is in the evening and it's getting dark and this stuff is starting to happen and, and this sea is a killer and understand that these guys know what's going on because they've been in storms before, right? So put yourself there. Uh, imagine they start rowing and maybe they can get to land. Maybe they can get themselves out of this trouble. If it were Jim and I, we'd be starting that engine and headed for shore, right? Um, there, they're starting to get worried. The clouds are now covered. It's getting dark. And the fear is real. These guys are really scared. Um, and, and they can't row fast enough to get out of this trouble. And now Peter's perspective. Remember, Peter's a fisherman. Peter is freaking out. Okay, let's put it plain. He's in this boat. He's understanding at the moment that this is probably the end for him. This could be what takes him out. He's freaking out. He's a fisherman. He knows they're in trouble. He sees the lightning and the clouds, this storm. And remember, God created this storm and sent it. It's a doozy, right? It's a big one. And he's freaking out. And they're all thinking they're going to die. Understand. Put yourself in the boat. You know, sometimes we read over this and we read that Peter walked down on the water and Jesus and they had a conversation. And um, No, they were in this boat and they thought this is the last day. This is it. We are going to die here. And Jesus isn't there. So, so what are they going to do? They're all thinking they're going to die. Uh, and the worst part about it is that Jesus isn't with them. That's the worst part. You know, recently they had just been in a storm like this. But Jesus was with them, and he calmed the sea, and he calmed the wind, right? But he's not there. 
they face the storm alone. And so put yourself in their sandals. Uh, we all suffer storms in life, don't we? Some of them are, are terribly bad. And uh, you know, we think, how are we gonna get through this? Um, we're on our own, what do we do? But from this story, I want to bring out three principles uh, we can apply in our lives when facing storms of life. So let's go to Matthew chapter 14, and we'll start reading at verse 24. Understand now, they are desperately afraid for their lives. This, this, this is the end. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth hour of the watch, or fourth hour of the watch of the night, three to six in the morning, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. If they weren't terrified enough, right? They were terrified and said, it's a ghost. You know, they didn't understand that this was Jesus. It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. They cried out in fear. Understand, please, their situation. Now think about this. They're in the middle of a lake. It's going ballistic, right? The boat is a small boat. And um, you see this thing walking on the water towards you. And it's dark. It's nighttime. You can't see much, but you can see this thing walking on the water coming towards you. Of course they're freaking out. I mean, you can't jump in and start swimming away. Uh, it's walking on water. So that means it can run on water probably, right? It's going to get you, right? You can't get away from this. So they're freaking out. And let's not reduce the level of terror here that they're feeling. They are fishermen, some of them, and they've faced storms like this, and they know, they know what's going on. They know this is, this is probably the last storm we'll see. And they've learned what to do and what not to do in storms. And the number one thing not to do in a storm is to freak out. Lives depend on it, right? And that's exactly what they're doing. Um, Jim mentioned that we dive together. Uh, what he didn't mention, but he, he knows, and a lot of you probably know, uh, while I was living here in Clearwater, I was a dive master and instructor. It was my side hustle. And uh, I would take people diving into this gulf right off of Clearwater Beach, and we would go and um, run into storms. So I knew the water, I knew storms. Jim and I have been through a few. Um, so uh, this one day, we were going out there, and um, it's my job. Uh, on, these, on these trips to take care of the people and keep them alive while we're in the water. The captain of the boat keeps people alive while they're in the boat. That's his job, right? So we go out, we have a great day diving, beautiful day, um, having lots of fun, and then we turn around and start coming back and some of these signs start popping up. You know, we can smell the wind change. Um, the, it gets colder, right? The water changes color. We look at the clouds, and they're far, but it's one of these bands that goes north to south, and uh, it's between us and shore. We can't run away because land's through this, on the other side of the storm, so we gotta go through it. We gotta go into the storm, right? And so we're going into the storm. Things are getting bad. Um, we, uh, we start to get into these waves. When you go down into a wave and, and the waves are beside you, on each side, they're taller than the boat, right? This, is, this was a bad one. You know, you know when those 
clouds turn that green color and they start rolling over each other and you start looking for tornadoes? Well, out there, they're water spouts, right? Water spouts. And so it's the same thing just on the water. And so we are getting ready to go into this storm and um, I'm happy-go-lucky, you know, this is exciting, you know, and um, the boat captain is much more experienced than me, and uh, he looks back at me, and he goes, with this look, and he's a a jolly guy, right, and he looks back at me with sort of really concerned, almost terror, and he goes, look for, you know, look for water spouts, watch for them, you know, he didn't say it, he signaled me, and so I'm in the back, and I go, oop, on the job, right, and so, um, and the thing started getting bad, and I'm looking for water spouts, and sure enough, there's one, and there's one, and there's one, and there's three to five. Every time I tell the story, there's more. So there's at least three, right? So um, the waves are getting bad. They're, they're taller than the boat. Um, we're going around these water spouts, and in a, in a bad storm, the waves kind of get closer together, and that's when it gets really dangerous. And um, you know, we were kind of getting nervous, and seeing Bill, the captain, nervous made me kind of nervous because I never seen him like that and um, I didn't know it at the time but he started losing steering and uh, power because when you go up on the wave and everybody's in the boat they're up front in the boat and they're under the shelter out of the rain the boat starts doing this and when you get up on top of a wave the rudder and the power the propeller comes out of the water so we started losing power and steering and this is a, now we're in a bad situation. Um, I didn't know it yet, but he looks back again. And this time, his face is white. And I'd never seen him look like this. And um, he goes, sea anchor. He didn't even sign it. He said sea anchor. And a sea anchor is when you get into this situation, you tie, a, say, a tire onto the back of the boat, and you throw it out, and you drag it, and it pulls the back of the boat down into the water, right? So you have steering, and you have power. And we didn't have one of those. So, in that situation, what you do is you find the biggest guys in the boat and you take them to the back of the boat and you sit in the storm. You go deeper into your storm and you sit in the back of the boat and um, you weigh it down. And so, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to pray and I'm thinking, well, this is not going to be good. And it wasn't any kind of storm like these apostles were in. It was just a pretty bad storm. Uh, But I thought, well, there's a good chance we're not going to make it back. Uh, with the boat. Um, We had one of those boats on top that when the boat falls over it comes off. So I thought well if everybody ends up in the back back in the water then it's my job now to keep everybody safe. So my concern not really I wasn't worried about dying or anything like that but I was worried about someone dying and I thought I'm gonna get I'm gonna have to go to work here and I'm starting to count okay there's eight people uh, the nine with me and we got to make sure they all get in that boat. Um, So I was going through the process because I thought this is it. And so we, um, we got the sea anchor working, and uh, these guys are in the back of the boat with me, turning green, but it's okay, because they're heavy, they're big guys, and, and we get the back of the boat weighed down, and um, it starts to work. We get propulsion back, we get steering back, and sure enough, 15 or so minutes later, um, the sky's clear, we can see the beach again, and if you're within 14 miles of the beach, you can see it, right? So um, we can see the beach, so we know that we're kind of out of it. And you take that deep breath, right, Jim? Uh, and you realize, okay, I just I scraped by, you know, that prayer. That prayer worked. 
You know, later, Bill asked me, you were praying, right? Because he knows I'm a Christian. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, I was praying. And he thanked me for that that day. Um, but yeah, yeah, we got out of that. And, and um, the thing I noticed was that when the guys that know better are scared, everybody's scared, right? When I saw him and that white face, I understood, oh, this is... And then these guys saw my countenance and our customers then began to become terrified. So, you know, I'm trying to tell jokes and, and trying not to show how scary it was, uh, but it wasn't working very well because they were all pretty scared. And, and, you know, the thing I realized at that time, when it, we are in the middle of the Gulf of Mexico, uh, in the middle of a storm like that, you know, fear is real. Fear is real, right? And if the people around you that know what's going on are afraid, it's going to make everyone afraid, right? Fear is real, even for experienced boaters. Me and Jim, you would have been even. Uh, but back to the apostles now. Imagine they're in this situation, and this storm that God created is pounding down on them. They've seen this ghost. They think maybe it's a ghost coming at them. Um, yeah, they are extremely terrified. And they see the fishermen in the boat who know better, and those guys are, Peter's freaking out. And so it, this is real. And so we just don't read over this story. Sometimes we do, and we don't think about these things, but this was a very, very serious situation that they were in, and understand they were terrified. Then Jesus. Jesus speaks in verse 27. But immediately, the scriptures say, Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. I'm thinking right here, yeah, right. You know, look what's going on around me. And you're saying, don't be afraid. I think you might be a ghost. Verse 28, and Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And he said, come. And notice this next verse. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Is that something you do in the middle of this storm? It's crazy. Peter's crazy. Uh, Peter stepped out of that boat. What, what could he be thinking? You know he was scared. We know he was scared. He thought he was going to die. He was desperate, obviously. I mean, who in his right mind would listen to a figure to walk on the water to get out of this mess? I mean, nobody does that. That's, think about that. Do we think about that when we read this story? How did he? It's unbelievable if it weren't here in Scripture. We almost hear the desperation in his voice when, when he says to call for him. He's just like, I just don't, I just don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I'm going to die here in my storm. I just don't want to be here. And he's desperate. Desperate enough to step out of that boat into that storm in the middle of the night to see if that is his, his map. We've all heard these stories that when we're desperate, we just react right? Uh, some of you probably remember 9-11, uh, the jumping man picture. Did you see it on the news and in the papers? It was a picture of a man kind of prone, jumped out of the window, and he was on his way to his death. They say 200 people jumped that day. How much pain, how desperate would you have to be out of the Twin Towers? But that's life. Um, not this particularly, but physical or emotional trauma comes to us. Cancer, a death in the family, 
sometimes seemingly endless depression. Maybe it's a spiritual walk with God that's been crushed. And you might be saying here today, why? Why, why am I here? We all experience these days. And so here's Peter. And he's stepping, imagine, stepping out of the boat in the storm. Did he, you know, it's a drop. Did he, did he wait for the wave to, because this happened. This isn't just a story. This is an account of what happened. Did, I would have waited. I'm not sure I would have got out. But I would have waited maybe, and uh, when the wave was at, at the boat level, maybe step out instead of jumping down onto the water. You know, what was he thinking? We, we really don't know. We know he was terrified. We know he was desperate. And the waves are crashing around him. Will he drown? Should I go? This is insane. The doubts that he must have had. The risk that he was taking. But realize this today. When the necessity of being with Jesus is greater than the risk you need to take, you will take that step of faith in the middle of your storm. I'm going to repeat that. When the necessity of being with Jesus is greater than the risk you need to take, you will take that step of faith in the middle of your storm. You will have to. When you can't do anything, when the doctor tells you it's, it's done, when there's no hope at all, that is the moment you will go to Jesus to get out of your situation. You will be forced to because he's your only option. I think the jumping guy on 9-11 considered his situation and he jumped because it was his only option. That was the only option left to him. As Christians, as Christians, we sometimes need to jump too. The great difference is, and don't miss this, if you focus your pain and your desperation on Jesus, God, understand that you're going to get something out of this, this is going to help you grow, you won't be jumping to your death. You will be jumping to life. And that's important to remember. And so I promised you three principles, and here they are. First principle, sometimes to get out of your storm, you will need to go deeper into it because Jesus is, right? You're going to get something out of this. Jesus has promised you that. It's going to make you better, make you stronger. So embrace your storm, embrace your pain. Remember Jesus is with you. And remember that the Bible tells us that he will be with us to the end, right? The apostles were scared. They saw Jesus, the other ones, but they didn't do anything. Peter was the only one who reacted. I mean, in a crazy, crazy way, but he was the only one. The others made the mistake of, of not reacting at all. The safest place is always where Jesus is. Am I right? Always with God. Principle number two. It's not about Jesus coming to us. It's about us going to Jesus. Okay? It's not about Jesus coming to us. It's about us going to Jesus. We live in a world where everything comes to us. Everything. Amazon. Walmart will bring your groceries to you. I mean, to me, this is great. I hate shopping. Shopping is terrible, right? Men go buying, women go shopping. I don't know if that, but I hate shopping. And there'll be a generation someday that doesn't know the pain of shopping, you know? Uh, we're in a culture right now where we don't do anything. But will that work in every situation? Will it work in a marriage? No, both parties have to do their share. Will it work in Christianity? We know that it won't. We do our part and God will do his, right? Whether happy or sad, 
We need to go to Jesus. We need to go. We need. Third principle, active faith. Active faith in the middle of the storm is always going to end up with Jesus' coming. Right? Active faith. Not just faith. Active faith will end up in Jesus' company. Passive faith in the middle of your storm, on the other hand, will end up with you sinking. Will end up with you sinking. Going deeper, walking to God, well, it's not easy all the time. Almost never. It requires courage and faith. It requires strength. Sometimes blood, sweat, and tears. It's uncomfortable because all the control we have, we place in Jesus' hands. And we don't like that very much, that very much. But that's what we need to do. Acts of faith require movement or nothing changes. We ask God for help and we do nothing, nothing's going to happen. God's not a magician. That's not the way he works. Christianity is a relationship. We need to put our faith into action. Taking that crazy step into the storm is the only thing that will guarantee you won't perish in the middle of your storm. Christians every day are sinking. We don't want to be in that boat. Our faith must be active. Let's go back to verse 30 now. Here's Peter again. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him. Now, listen, God will never leave you if you're reaching out for him. God will never let you suffer more than you can. He has promised us. So back to Peter. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? And when Peter doubted, he started to sink. And Jesus' words, think about this, must have really hurt him. They must have really sunk in. I mean, he walked on the water to Jesus, and then he starts to doubt. And Jesus must have been thinking, you know, after all that, you doubt? But did Peter, did Peter fail? Did Peter fail here? I don't think so. I don't think so. Look at verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. So even after the doubting, the storm stopped. They are all still safe. Peter was the only one who was willing to walk on the water. Active. He was the only one to face his storm. And he was the only one to take Jesus' hand. To me, that's not failing. That's not. What will you do? To wrap things up, what will you do when the storm comes to you? What are you doing now, right now, if you are in your storm right now, here today? What will you do? You can go through it on your own and risk sinking, or you can embrace your pain, embrace your storm, learn from the storm, and go to God and hold his hand the entire time. That's what you can do. One more verse, and the lesson is yours today. It's John 16, It's one of my favorite verses. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. If you are here today and you're going through that storm, if, if you have a need for the prayers of the church or you need to reach out to Christ, God we're going to sing a song together, and you have an opportunity then to come forward, whether it is that you need to be baptized or you need the prayers of the church. If you're in that storm, we're here for you.
And so now let's sing this song, and if you have a need, please come forward.